Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is John Fontaine and welcome back to the Fiqh of Love. Today we're joined again with Dr. Muhammad Salah. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, John? Alhamdulillah. I love you for the sake of Allah. Thank you, ahabbaka alladhi ahbabtani fee. May the one whom you love me for his sake love you as well. Ameen. So, Sheikh, in the last episode we were speaking about the rights of the spouse. And we started with the rights or the financial rights of the woman or the wife. And in this episode, I wanted to speak about the non-financial rights, if that's possible. Sure. So what are the, some of the non-financial rights that the wife has? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the beginning, I would like to remind you as well as our viewers, that is the second episode that we're discussing the rights of the wife. So we're talking a lot about the rights of the mm. wife. And we started off with the rights of the wife, not the rights of the husband. Yes. So when we come to speak about the rights of the husband, I want the wives to bear with us. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So how many episodes will, <laughs> will, will, will the rights of the husband be, Shaykh? As many episodes as that will make you happy. <laughs> In Surah An-Nisa, chapter yeah. number 4, ayah number 19, the Almighty Allah says, وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Al-Mu'ashara is to live with them honorably, to treat them with honor, with respect. Not just respect, with honor. She's your little queen. وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ And that covers every aspect in life. The way you call her, the way you deal with her, the way... You address her before people, and if you have kids, before kids, and even between you and her in the privacy of your bedroom. Mm. So the Prophet ﷺ, and he's a Prophet ﷺ, used to give his wives like a spoiling name. So Aisha, he used to call her Aish. Okay, it's perfectly halal mm. to call your wife a spoiling name that she likes. Mm. Okay, then the ayah says, فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُوهُنَّ فَعَسَىٰ أَنْ تَكْرَهُوا شَيْئًا وَيَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِيهِ خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Same ayah, ayah number 19 of Surah An-Nisa, women chapter. So he said, you gotta live with your wives honorably, treat them with honor, with utmost respect, with love and care. Then he said, and in case, if you dislike them, فَعَسَىٰ أَنْ تَكْرَهُوا شَيْئًا you may dislike something, whether it's a wife, whether it's a husband, whether it's a work, business, or anything. And that particular thing, which now you dislike, Allah may bring out of it plenty of goodness. So it is not the time being. Sometimes the person is upset with his spouse or with her spouse for an incident for a mistake that happened, or she was embarrassed in public or in front of people, and immediately he or she will demand divorce. No, 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 calm down. This is only one thing. There are plenty of other things. In the sound hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لا يفرق مؤمن مؤمنة لا يفرق يعني A believer should not hate his wife. And also a wife should not hate her husband entirely obviously each one of us uh, have some errors mistakes and you know what i'm full of mistakes 
So why do you only pick on my mistakes? Why do you only point fingers to my drawbacks? Don't you like anything else? Don't you appreciate anything else? Don't you like my food? Don't you like the way I dress? Don't you like the fact that I'm very sweet? I'm kind. I'm quiet. I serve your parents. I help you do work. I'm a believer. I pray and I offer my, uh, my ibadah and I'm a devout worshiper. So there is a long list of items. When you have the checklist and you find just a couple things, while there are other beautiful things, mm. plenty of privileges, and, uh, you know, positive things. So focus on what is positive. Mm. And this is for both the husband and the wife. So in many of the marriage counseling cases, uh, I find the couple are having an issue over one or two things, not really too many things. And if these two items can be eliminated or handled or taken care of, they would live a happy life. So the Prophet said, you should not hate your spouse simply for one thing or two or three. Look at what is positive. So if you have a checklist of the positive things, you will find them plenty, mashallah. And that would uh, make you turn a blind eye and act if you uh, did not see what displeases you. Pretend negligence. The Prophet said in the hadith, which would assist the husband to comprehend what I was just saying earlier, so he enjoined on men to be kind and good to their wives. Why? He said, Because a woman is created from a bent rib. Many people think this is something negative. And whenever a man and wife fight, he say, Yeah, you're right. You are created from a crooked rib. It is not like that. As a matter of fact, describing the rib of being bent or taking that shape fits perfectly its job in order to protect the lungs. If the rib was straight, it won't fit in your chest. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everyone with certain features. Among the features of women being emotional. So she needs to hear sweet words. She needs some assurance, comfort in her. He said, Aisha anha says, I remember when I was looking from my apartment, you know, her room used to open, the door would open to the masjid. So she was looking at a show, an exhibition, which was uh, offered by the Abyssinians. They were playing with their daggers and spears, okay, a military show. And that was in the masjid. And the Prophet ﷺ was covering her with his cloth. And she was resting her shin over the Prophet's shoulder. Mm. And the Prophet ﷺ would say, is that enough? She says, no, I, I want to see more. Uh, wait for some more. And the Prophet ﷺ would wait and would mm. wait until she said, khalas, enough. Then Aisha radiallahu anha narrated that and she would say, faqduru. So you got to appreciate that young girls like to have fun. Mm. When a husband, especially if there is, uh, you know, uh, uh, some difference in the age, he's a little older than her. So he's a wise man. He's a CEO of the company. He wants to treat the wife like he's treating one of his employees. Mm. Everything is on time. Uh, when I walk in, 
on a find the food on the table and it must be warm at this kind of temperature and all of that no this is not like you know uh, work yeah, this is home there must be love compassion uh, the kind treatment between so, both of them so even from from this uh, hadith you mentioned this example this was even like a kind of public affection as well mm -hmm. you know like the the public could you know this was in public right so people could actually see absolutely mm -hmm. you know uh, if, if the Islam teaches us that if a husband and wife are having an issue with each other it should not be taken outside their bedroom mm -hmm. I didn't say outside their house mm -hmm. outside their bedroom mm -hmm. so the Prophet sallallahu says al-hadru should be only fil madaja'a Yani if worse come to worst and you're really upset with each other or you're upset with her so you're sharing bed but you turn to the other side you'll give her your back this is the hajj that the Quran referred to you don't go outside you don't speak to your colleagues and you go to speak to your parents and your siblings my wife did this and this and this and that because guess what you and your wife and similarly the sister, the, the wife, you and your husband eventually will reconcile but the people whom you mm. shared with, all the negatives they will not forget that yes. and every time they meet your spouse they will remember all the negatives that you spoke about mm. them so this is just the, the, the general idea of the meaning of bil ma'roof. when Umm Salama was with the Prophet on bed but she notes that her menses started, so she slipped away. Mm. The Prophet said, come on over. Have you started your menses? She said, yes. He said, come back. And he took her under the cover again. And as I mentioned earlier, they hugged, they cuddled. And she says, he would, he would kiss me even while fasting. Mm. You know? Mm. So there is, uh, there is no problem to do that in addition mm. to that the person, the husband, actually must pay attention to the woman's need. The emotional need, the physical need, the physical desire. Because most men demand their rights in bed. Yeah. And Sheikh, there was um, just on this topic of uh, the needs of the woman. Uh, I, was, I just remembered uh, the story of when the Prophet ﷺ, where he raced Aisha. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and this is... Yeah. This is, you know, a, a, an event which happened during a journey. It, it was in one of the battles, and the Prophet ﷺ was returning home. So the whole army is there, and the Prophet ﷺ takes Aisha far away. He spares time to give her some fun. Mm -hmm. Not once, not twice, it happened several times. And she quoted upon us twice. Once, when she was traveling with him, along with Muslims and he raced with her and uh, she was a lot younger slimmer and she beat him she won mm. then several years later as she grew up and she put on some weight and he said let's race just I'm gonna ask you how many times do we tell our wives let's go for a walk mm. I mean we we'll go to the gym and we exercise mm. but we tell the wife it's haram you cannot mm. go to the gym you cannot wear those tight clothes. So when was the last time you decided to take her for a walk, to exercise, mm -hmm. or go to the park early morning, or over the weekend, after you drop the kids to school, uh, weekdays, 
and you just walk and you chat and you talk. Rasulullah sallallahu would be praying at night and between the two rakahs, he would turn around. If Aisha is awake, he would have a chat with her. Likewise with the rest of his wives, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he raced with Aisha. He let her watch the show and he was very patient with her. Safiya, radiyallahu anha. Safiya was a short lady and she wanted to ride on the back of the camel in the saddle. So Anas ibn Malik, radiyallahu anha, narrated that he saw the Prophet kneeling down and putting one of his knees up so that she could step on his blessed knee in order to ride on the saddle, to ride on the back of the camel. Is any of us, by any means, better than the Prophet Well, did this incident lower his you know, status? Of course not. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. So, subhanAllah, it's very important one of the rights of the wife is that the husband has to be kind to his wife. Yeah. And we're just going to take a short break right now and we'll be right back after the break. Join us in a few minutes for the Fiqh of Love. Assalamu alaikum Welcome back to the Fiqh of Love. Assalamualaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam, John. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh, you know, some couples, maybe the man, maybe he goes out and he studies. Maybe he goes to classes uh, he, or he's actually studying even at university. Mm. Um, you know, should he actually share this information with his wife? You know, what about her education as well? It's one of the rights of the wife upon her husband to teach her, to educate her, to give her the chance to learn particularly about the deen. Because Allah the Almighty said in Surah Al-Tahreem, in Ayah number 6, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا قُوْ أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَهْلِيكُمْ نَارًا وَقُودُهَا النَّاسُ وَالْحِجَارَةِ So you are, as a family father, as a husband, you're not just responsible for yourself to do the good deeds and to avoid haram in order to enter heaven. No, you want your wife to be with you. And in the future, when you have kids, you want your kids to be with you as well. So the Prophet ﷺ provided his spouses with what is known as continuous education. The companions would come home and share with the Prophet ﷺ uh, and uh, they share with their wives what the Prophet ﷺ taught them. And then the women came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said, Ya Rasulullah, <clears throat> that how come that men attend the classes and learn and benefit and we don't enjoy that as much. We want you to give us a day so that only women can get uh, to learn from you. And the Prophet ﷺ said, you guys get together and we will meet with you. And he started meeting with them on a regular basis to give the ladies their ta'aleem. That's why he said, لا تمنعوا إماء الله المساجد. In one incident he said, for a woman to pray at home is better. But on the other hand he said, for the husband the wali, the guardian, or whoever is in a charge, you should not prevent women from going to the masjid. Yeah. Go, going to the masjid, it's not only about attending the prayer, ta'aleem, classes, courses, sessions. Nowadays, mashallah, with the uh, electronic da'wah, the distant learning, the courses online, the husband should encourage his wife to attend such classes, yeah. even pay for her tuitions and classes in order to learn. She learns, yeah. she becomes a better believer, 
he becomes a better believer, the children become better as well. What about some uh, wives who are expecting, you know, the husband to pay for a PhD or something like that? Is well, that, he's, is not, that? he's not required to do that, but if he can afford it and mm. if it is needed, why not? Mm. You see, we say, oh, some wives would say that, I read somewhere that the husband must hire a maid for the wife. Correct, if he can afford it. Mm. But if he mm. is struggling to survive, he can barely put bread on the table. In Surah Al-Talaq, in ayah number 7, Allah the Almighty says, لِيُنْفَقْ ذُو سَاعَةٍ مِّن سَاعَةٍ one whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him prosper and has plenty of money, he should spend accordingly. Get a driver, get a chauffeur, get a maid, get a cook. Fine. So she is a queen at home. Just uh, wear makeup and enjoy your time. Attend classes, go out, go shopping. But if the man cannot afford it, and most men are like that. Most people, middle class or low class, or under the poverty line, they are just making it. Yeah. So the wife should not push the husband to the edge or actually make him end up earning unlawfully in order to satisfy her needs. So you're talking about, you know, maybe if he can afford it, he can, you know, he can uh, help her with her studies, uh, paying course, for the studies. Yes, why not? You know, even if he was to have uh, maybe three or four wives, uh, three or four wives and, you know, the, the wife gets suspicious or jealous, um, how does he actually help with this? When the Quran limited the number of plural wives because before Islam it was unlimited in any religion before Islam it was, it was unlimited and neither the Bible nor the Torah have ever addressed this matter it was only the Quran which limited the number but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَإِلَّمْ تَعْدِلُوا فَوَاحِدًا so he, yes he said one or two or three or four but in case that you you're afraid or you assume that you're not going to be fair in treating them fairly as far as time and spending, then one is enough mm. and you should stick to one. Mm. So the fairness in dealing with the co-wives is concerning the time that you spend with them, the money that you spend on them, everyone based on their needs, this one have kids, this one doesn't have, based on their needs. But when it comes to love, affection and emotions, no one has any control over that. Mm. You know what? Even with your own kids, you may like one of them more than the others, mm. right? Yes. Why? Because of so many reasons. Love is in the heart. So sometimes without a reason, you like, uh, you have Maryam, you have Sarah, you have uh, Anas, you have, but you like Anas more than anybody else. Or you like Sarah more than anybody else. Or because one of them is the youngest. Or one of them is, uh, they, they exchange the same feeling with you. So you cannot actually control the emotions when it comes to whom do you love more. As long as when it comes to the treatment, you're fair. Mm. So that is perfectly okay. See, when you speak about fair treatment, you see, you know, are we talking about equality or justice? Because, of course, one wife may have four children and one wife may not have any children. Mm -hmm. You know, so do they both get a four-bedroom house, for instance? As I said, everyone mm. based on their needs. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes uh, some husbands, maybe they travel a lot. Maybe they go to work or even dower or, you know, maybe they, they, they don't see their wife uh, for a few months. Okay. Is this permissible and what rights does a woman have for this? Uh, for, for a man, you know how some people say that I want to marry Sheikh, another one. 
Why? He says, because Allah give me strength and I have this sexual desire which uh, I cannot satisfy with, my, with one wife. You got to also keep in mind that the women have also physical needs mm. must be fulfilled. And that's why it was Umar al-Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, who said that a man should not stay away from his wife for more than six months. Based on a very interesting incident that happened before him, so he started investigating and he decided and he issued the verdict. Any Mujahid, any Muslim who's going, joining the army, uh, going to any battlefield or for training, should not stay away from his wife more than six months. Why? Because women too have needs. So that you would not, um, you know, leave them without the uh, attention of their physical needs or pay attention to their physical needs. Sheikh, I've heard some people say that after six months, then the marriage is, is finished. No, is this that correct? is not true. Marriage, mm. marriage is not finished automatically. Mm. Sheikh, in Islam, um, you know, in the Quran, it speaks about uh, beating the wife. Mm. And sometimes this is misunderstood and used. Uh, by non-Muslims to try to say that like men are allowed to beat up their wives. What's the correct understanding of this? The correct understanding uh, is very obvious from the explanations of Prophet Muhammad ﷺ himself. When he said, One who lays his hand on his wife is licking. And in another hadith he said, Those who beat their wives are the worst of people. Because some wives came to the Prophet ﷺ complaining. He said, They are the worst of you, those who lay their hands on their wives. When a woman came to the Prophet ﷺ asking him, I have two proposals, this guy and this guy. One of them was by the name of Abu Jah. The Prophet ﷺ said, As for this guy, this guy is always carrying his stick. I wouldn't advise you to marry him. Why? Mm. Because he is known of beating people. Mm. So he is uh, not necessarily aggressive, mm. but he's not the kind of person whom you would think that he is, you know, uh, very kind. And even mm. if you differ with him, he would never lift a finger or lay his hand on you. So the Prophet ﷺ advised her not to marry this person because of this reason. So the understanding of people that they have the right to mm. the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as Aisha radiallahu anha said, he never beaten a woman or a servant, mm. never laid mm. his hand on a woman, only mm. on the battlefield when he has mm. to fight. Otherwise, and and he's our role model. Why don't you follow him? So you how know? do you reconcile this with uh, some of the ayah of the Quran when he speaks he says sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when somebody beats his wife like he's beaten a slave. Then he calls her for bed. What kind of a man is this? Mm. You know, mm. what do you exhibit? What kind of a relationship is this? When Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu was explaining the ayah of number 34 uh, of Surah uh, An-Nisa, the ayah that you're referring to, وَاللَّاتِ تَخَافُونَ نُشُوزَهُنَّ فَاعِضُوهُنَّ وَاهْجُرُوهُنَّ فِي الْمَضَاجِعِ وَاضْرِبُوهُنَّ So the stages of reconciling and fixing the marital issues if you think that your wife is misbehaving, is doing something wrong, and is something terrible, the advice, the nasiha, when we come to speak about the husband's rights and we discuss the ayat and the hadith in this regard, 
a wife would make certain that she wants to please Allah and that will be through making certain that her husband is happy as long as he's not asking for anything weird or strange. Then if we frequently study together some of those ahadith, like one of the most pleasant moments is when you and your wife, or if you can have a chance to you, you your wife and kids, open the book of Riyadh al-Salihin and study mm. chapter by chapter mm. the 40 hadith or study the tafsir of the short ayahs mm. and you're just reading from the book for them so you're educating each other all of you mm. you know your rights and your limitations mm. and the Prophet ﷺ says the next stage and it's like escalating mm. to turn around to give your back to her mm. in bed all of that because she, she's done something terrible mm. or she's not listening, okay? Mm. And do not step outside the house or outside your bedroom and show people that you're not talking to your wife. Mm. Then the third is the discipline. And what Abdullah ibn Abbas says, the use of the miswak or the toothbrush, it is not the beating in mm. a sense of, uh, you know, um, Hitting. Mm. No, it's it's a sign of disapproval. Mm. Yet the Prophet ﷺ who says the best of all of you mm. is the one who's best to his uh, wife, and I'm the one, I'm, 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 indeed, I'm the one who's best to my wife, has never ever laid his hand on any of his wives or any woman at all. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. That's all we have time for today. I'd like to thank you again for joining us on this show. And uh, for those of you at home, Please make sure you tune in next time and we'll be covering the rights of the spouse. And next next time we're actually going to be going into the rights of It's like of, you're telling them the not to attend. You're telling the wife not <laughs> no, to make attend sure the you next episode. Make sure you attempt uh, <laughs> the next uh, episode, inshallah. That's all we have time for, the fiqh of love. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh.